0: The Clean Power Hour is brought to you by CPS America, the maker of North America's number one three-phase string inverter. With over six gigawatts shipped in the U.S., the CPS America product lineup includes three-phase string inverters ranging from 25 to 275 kW. Their flagship inverter, the CPS 250-275, is designed to work with solar plants ranging from two megawatts to two gigawatts. The 250-275 pairs well With CPS America's exceptional data communication, controls, and energy storage solutions. Go to chintpowersystems.com to find out more.
1: You cannot underestimate the importance of your voice, particularly in the political field. You know, getting to know your local legislators, getting to know your local mayor, your older person, and explaining what it is that your business is doing, how you're improving the community, not just from, you know, selling solar, employing people in the industry, reducing effects of climate change. You know, there's so many great reasons and people want to hear from us. Uh, and I see it as a great avenue to get that education, get those introductions, and, and really strengthen those relationships. Are you speeding the energy transition? Here at the Clean Power Hour, our hosts Tim Montague and John Weaver bring you the best in solar, batteries, and clean technologies every week. Want to go deeper into decarbonization? We do too. We're here to help you understand and command the commercial, residential, and utility solar, wind, and storage industries. So let's get to it. Together, we can speed the energy transition.
0: Today on the Clean Power Hour, everything you should know about ISEA and why you should consider joining ISEA or your state organization if you're not in or working in Illinois. I'm Tim Montague. Welcome to the Clean Power Hour Today on the Clean Power Hour, my guest is Lisa Albrecht. She is the owner of Albright Solar and a longstanding board member of ISEA. Welcome to the show. Hi,
1: thanks so much, Tim. It's great to be here.
0: It's heady days in the solar industry, and Illinois is part of that uh, journey. And we are now a top solar state thanks to wonderful legislation known as CJA, the Climate and Equitable Jobs Act. But we have a lovely organization here in Illinois called ISEA, the Illinois Solar Energy Association, which plays a you know many roles, um, largely behind the scenes. You know, you don't get these these massive pieces of legislation without many stakeholders doing lots of work and lobbying, et cetera. So. Tell us a little bit about your journey, though, Lisa. How did you get into solar? You've been in the industry for many, year, for many years, and how did you get involved with ICEA?
1: Yeah, um, I joke that my entrance into solar was uh, in the third grade science fair, uh, or sorry, seventh grade science fair. I, I had three years of science fair projects and actually went to college thinking I was going to be a ceramic engineer uh, because I wanted to make solar panels, uh, and then it was very clear I... Uh, definitely found my tribe when I walked over to the marketing building and people talked and acted and, and, and spoke like me. I was not the stereotypical engineer. I was too, way too chatty. Uh, and then um, I uh, ended up uh, 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 forgetting my way with solar and was working in advertising. And in 2006, I realized um, I needed to come home. And so I um, got uh, some training and joined the industry in 2007, and it's been a journey since then.
0: And so you've seen uh, Illinois go from literally our first RPS, I think, which was, was, was in 07 or 08, and which led to... A fair amount of wind initially. I thought I'd work in the wind industry because you saw these huge tranches of of wind farms coming in, uh, especially here in central Illinois. I moved from Chicago to central Illinois in 08, in the fall of 08, but had visited some wind farms, I think as early as 07. Anyway, solar's in my blood as well. I was doing solar thermal in my backyard in Albuquerque, New Mexico in the, in the 70s. And um, here we are. PV is the energy of the day, and it is the most economical form of energy, bar none. Um, Yeah, completely. And so it's just a question of how fast we can install it, right? The the grid is going to get cleaned. It's just a matter of how fast.
1: Yeah, and it's remarkable where Illinois has come. I mean, when I first started in 07, PV was $15 a watt. Mm. Um almost the only solar that was happening was solar hot water. Um the company I worked for at the time, solar service, was started in 1977. And we really started seeing PV come into play around 2010. Uh, you know, the state had incentives, they didn't have incentives. It was it's really been um, you know, quite a roller coaster or solar coaster, as we like to call it. Um, but passage of FIJA was a game changer, and then following right behind that, passing Cija. Um, was equally uh, uh, pretty, uh, a pretty a major catapult uh, to bring Illinois into the market. I think at one point we were 42nd in the country, um, yep. you know, and now we're up there with the big guys.
0: Yeah, we're a top 10 solar state. I'm glad you mentioned Solar Service. I have a soft spot in my heart for Brandon Levitt, uh, the founder of Solar Service. I visited his office, I think, in 2005 um, for an I see a meeting. And so he was very involved with ISEA, and and then he saw the transition from solar thermal to solar PV, and he rode that wave for a while. Um, but um, so tell us about your ISEA adventures. How did you get involved, and, and why have you stayed involved all these years?
1: Yeah, so um, I think I had been in the industry for one month uh, when somebody asked if I would be willing to um, manage the solar tour. Uh, and I thought, what a great way to get to know who are the players and who's been installing and really get hands-on experience. So I did the solar tour in 2007 and worked with the likes of Mark Berger and Carol Goulias and a lot of the, uh, uh, Ted Lowe, a lot of the pioneers at the time. And, uh, became I think I was in the industry for two months and I became secretary of Illinois Solar Energy Association then I was the policy chair and I've had a, a, a few different hats along the way just kind of filling gaps wherever we figure out you know we are blazing a trail uh, and you don't know what uh, is in your way until you need to chop it down so uh, that's been um, really probably that my my primary role that I see is trying to figure out what obstacles we have and teaming up with others to try to break down those barriers to let the market grow.
0: Yeah, I, I love it that you uh, have that reference of $15 a watt. <laughs> That's just
1: crazy. I, You know, before the pandemic, we were below three. And now we're, you know, kind of hovering in that three range. And it looks like things are going to start start dropping again, but it's crazy. The difference. Um, and, and the yeah. wattage of panels, we were installing 125 watt panels in the day. And for the same amount of real estate today, we're installing 400, four fifties, um, you know, on commercial projects, you know, over 500 Watts. So, yep. uh, it's really remarkable how much the technology has evolved at while prices have been plummeting.
0: The technology adoption curve is real.
1: It's crazy and exciting. <laughs> Hard to keep up with some days. Uh, you think you're a master, and then all of a sudden, boom, something changes, and you need to start learning all over again.
0: Yeah, yeah. There is constant change. There, that's for sure. That's the only constant. The technology changes. The incentives change. The industry changes. Um, yeah. I mean, I I hope it doesn't change too much in the next five years. But anyway, I'll I'll ride I'll ride with whatever happens. And uh, it, it helps me because I work nationally. It, it, it was brutal, I have to say, in you know 2019 when we ran out of of wrecks and and things kind of got put on pause for a couple of years. But we're back, and we have a good t- 10 year runway uh, if everything goes well. But what do you say, Lisa, to prospective members or members who are not so engaged? You know, in ISEA, we have well over 150 business members in the organization, but there are probably upwards of 500 companies that could be members of ISEA. And that's part of my job now is to recruit new members to the organization. So reach out to me if you're curious about ISEA. I spend 25% of my time talking to... And wooing prospective members. But from your perspective, what do you say to uh, members or prospective members?
1: Yeah, on, honestly, without being a member of ICEA, I'm not quite sure how po- folks keep up um, because there is always so much that's moving and changing. And ICEA does a great job of education. Um, but also, if there's issues that you have, um, just this week, there was some confusion around some definitions with the city of Chicago, Few of us hopped on a call, we addressed it with the city and we made headway within 24 to 48 hours. So, you know, when you're those, because I think a lot of people just assume that, that the majority of the heavy lifting is happening with the big national players. Um, But really it's the, it's the folks who are on the ground, who are sitting at the kitchen table, who are in the boardrooms um, and who are implementing these policies on a day-to-day basis, whose voices we need to hear. Um, you know, if, if, if it wasn't for, you know, installers reaching out and saying, hey, look what Chicago just changed, we would not have been able to identify that problem until a lot of people felt the pain. So, by working together both in ISEA as well as ISEA has a new policy committee, um, it's a great opportunity to not only learn about those policies, but to influence them as well. And we started having a solar lobby day, I think in maybe 2012, 2013, and that was a great opportunity for businesses to go down to Springfield and have their voices be heard. Um, we were in the room when we passed FIJA in 2016 uh, and were instrumental in those negotiations. And so it's a great opportunity to you know, sit at the table, learn from the big guys, um, and also just be heard and influence policy that impacts your day-to-day activities. So I, I, I think it's vital, no matter what your size, to be part of your trade association um, because then not only are you staying current with what's happening, but you're also able to um, talk to the the lobbyists, talk to the lawmakers, uh, talk to the municipalities, uh, and and be able to educate, explain, and
0: influence. The Clean Power Hour is brought to you by CPS America. The maker of North America's number one three-phase string inverter, with over six gigawatts shipped in the U.S. The CPS America product lineup includes three-phase string inverters ranging from 25 to 275 kW. Their flagship inverter, the CPS 250-275, is designed to work with solar plants ranging from 2 megawatts to 2 gigawatts. The 250-275 pairs well with CPS America's exceptional data communication, controls, and energy storage solutions. Go to chinpowersystems.com to find out more. Yeah, you mentioned two uh, key things here, the policy committee. So when you become a member, then you are eligible to join the policy committee and uh, get on, uh, you know, regular calls with the group of other members who are committed to making sure that we maintain good policies in Illinois, you know. Good solar legislation is always under attack by somebody, especially the utilities. Uh, we see what happened in California, and uh, there's every reason to believe that that is going to happen in other markets. Uh, and we we ourselves are going down a, a staircase here, guaranteed uh, by CJA, right? Net metering is going to change, but getting in the know and knowing um and and you know standing shoulder to shoulder with your colleagues uh, to make sure that it goes as slowly as possible in the case of uh, rolling back net metering, so to speak. Um, yeah,
1: completely. You know, and and I I think um, it, it's you cannot underestimate the importance of your voice, particularly in the political field. Um, uh, you know, getting to know your local law legislators. Um, Getting to know your local mayor, um, your older persons, um, and explaining what it is that your business is doing, how you're improving the community, um, not just from, you know, selling solar, employing people in the industry, reducing effects of climate change. You know, there's so many great reasons and people want to hear from us. Uh, and I see it as a great avenue to get that education, get those introductions and and really strengthen those relationships so that policy does reflect what our industry needs moving forward. Because the big the big uh, naysayers, they are speaking to lawmakers and we need to make sure that our voices are in the room as well uh, and, and continuing to education, educate the public.
0: Yeah. And those lobby days are a lot of fun. Uh, you get to know the other members so well when you spend a day in Springfield with them. You start with the breakfast. Well, there's actually a networking event the evening before, and then you go to a breakfast and then you break up into small groups and run around the Capitol talking to legislators. And and you really get to know the other members and people that you just never would have gotten to know so well that are just a name um, on a list before that. So that is a wonderful experience and opportunity. So if you're Thinking about membership? If you're working in Illinois Solar, whether you're an Illinois company, a Midwest company, or a coastal company, please reach out to me, and uh, I can give you the lowdown on joining ICS. So, Lisa, you've you told me in the pre-show that you've been a board member since 2007. Uh, the The hundreds of hours that you have dedicated to this organization is is truly amazing, and I'm grateful for your service and. Uh, I wonder if you would tell us a little more about Albright Solar. What is it? what, What is your niche in the solar industry?
1: Sure. You know, um, when the market was changing in 2016, and Solar Service was, you know, the owner, Brandon Levitt, was looking at retirement. um, I I looked around at a lot of companies, and there were some great players that were coming to the state at the time. Um, But I decided that I wanted to build my own organization within this industry um, to manage my path forward. I love having one-on-one relationships with my customers. Um, I didn't want to just be a salesperson. Uh, I'd love Sales the sales process, but I wanted a deeper relationship, and so um, I started my own company. I primarily do the design um, and um, price the system, and then I I work with folks that I have known in the industry since two thousand seven, two thousand nine. People who I have. You know, long-term standing relationships with, and I pick the right installer for the customer uh, so that I can advocate on their behalf. And then I do a lot of customer service on the back end. I'm constantly looking at my portfolio to see how are we doing compared to forecast um, on projects that were installed last week, but also projects that were installed five years ago. And so, making sure that those systems are continuing to operate and they don't languish uh, once the once the uh, uh, pedals off the rows, I think people forget to check their monitoring system. So I'm out there looking to make sure that my systems are operational and work with the installation teams to to get any service calls needed.
0: And how do you perceive the consumers' perceptions of solar now, you know, in the last five years? Because Obviously, solar is now part of the landscape. When you just drive around Illinois, you see community solar farms or utility solar farms. And now rooftop solar for residential is definitely a thing. It's still a fraction of the homes and buildings that have solar on them, a small fraction, but a growing uh, fraction. So what what is your experience with consumers and business owners?
1: Yeah, you know, I think um, I I think that um, as a group, they are more educated. They are aware back in the day, you know, we had architects saying, oh, you can't do you can't do solar in Chicago. You can't do solar in Illinois. Uh, You know, we don't have the weather for it. So I I think we're finding more and more people are better educated, Um, but also as more and more people recognize that climate change is in our backyard. Uh, They want to have some responsibility towards making changes. So I would say probably 90% of the time when someone calls me, it's because they want to make a difference in the climate um, and reduce their carbon footprint. I would say um, 100% of the time when they decide to go solar, it's because it makes such good economic sense. And you can make energy on your own roof for less than the utility charges you today. That's a no brainer. If I can make my, you know, if I can make something and it's a, it's a job I don't have to go to, you know, the sun is shining on my roof. I never have to go to that job. And so it's a guaranteed investment. Um, it doesn't have the volatility. And so we, I find that most consumers are far more educated and highly, highly motivated to move forward in the in in purchasing a system.
0: Well said. Yeah. A consumer could save a thousand dollars a year on their energy bill by installing solar. It's, uh, you know, that's... Uh, Part of a, of a family vacation um, or some other upgrade that they could make to their house. So it's significant. Hey, you're
1: going to pay somebody. Why pay the utility when you could put that money in your own pocket?
0: Is there anything else you would like uh, prospective see members to know about ICA before we go?
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, um we we it, it, this is a really unique industry. There's certainly a lot of challenges. We joke about calling it the solar coaster, but I think one of the things that I find the most rewarding is that some of my closest friends are also my competition. And so we work together, so I feel like we we might be in competition for, you know, a project here or there. But having that camaraderie, having an extended network where I can learn, where I can say, "Hey, wait, I just heard of this from this municipality. Did you have that experience?" And so, being able to build that network so that I don't have to have all the resources on my team, but I can branch out and learn, um, and and sometimes just console one another when you know, like uh, you know, Southern Illinois just experienced uh, their small DG is going to waitlist, and the Comed territory is about to go on the waitlist now, so. We We can console with each other. We can work with each other. And it's a great way of, of, you know, really having a a spirited industry where we can all raise all boats together.
0: Well said. Well, I want to thank Lisa Albright with Albright Solar for coming on the show today. And please reach out to me on LinkedIn or at cleanpowerhour.com. Check out all of our content at cleanpowerhour.com. Give us a rating and a review on Apple or Spotify and tell a friend about the show, We are growing the solar industry one podcast at a time and we need more listeners. So please reach out. Thank you so much, Lisa, and let's grow solar and storage. I'm Tim Montague.
1: Thanks so much, Tim.
0: Hey listeners. This is Tim. I want to give a shout out to all of you. I do this for you twice a week. Thank you for being here. Thank you for giving us your time I really appreciate you and what you're all about. Uh, You are part and parcel of the energy transition, whether you're an energy professional today or an aspiring energy professional, so thank you. I want to let you know that the Clean Power Hour has launched a listener survey, and it would mean so much to me if you would go to cleanpowerhour.com, click on the About Us link right there on the main navigation that takes you to the about page and you'll see a big graphic listener survey. Just click on that graphic and it takes just a couple of minutes. If you fill out the survey, I will send you a lovely baseball cap with our logo on it. The other thing I want our listeners to know is that this podcast is made possible by corporate sponsors We have Chin Power Systems, the leading three-phase string inverter manufacturer in North America. So check out CPS America. But we are very actively looking for additional support to make this show work. And you see here our media kit with all the sponsor benefits and statistics about the show. You know, we're dropping two episodes a week. We have now over 320,000 downloads on YouTube. And we're getting about 45,000 downloads per month. So, this is a great way to bring your brand to our listeners. And our listeners are decision makers in clean energy. This includes project executives, engineers, finance, project management, and many other professionals who are making decisions about and developing, designing, installing, and making possible clean energy projects. So, Check out CleanPowerHour.com, both our listener survey on the About Us and our media kit, and become a sponsor today. Thank you so much. Let's grow solar and storage. The Clean Power Hour is brought to you by CPS America, the maker of North America's number one three-phase string inverter, with over six gigawatts shipped in the U.S., the CPS America product lineup includes three-phase string inverters ranging from 25 to 275 kW. Their flagship inverter, the CPS 250-275, is designed to work with solar plants ranging from 2 megawatts to 2 gigawatts. The 250-275 pairs well with CPS America's exceptional data communication, controls, and energy storage solutions. Go to chintpowersystems.com to find out more.